You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. When wrestling eyes are smiling, all the world is bright. Hello, everyone. Bill Apter just taping this several days short of St. Patty's Day. And to all you people listening to this on St. Patty's Weekend, a very happy St. Patty's Day to you. I was thinking, by the way, that WWE could have... And you can contribute to this, by the way, if you uh, tweet me at after one wrestling. That's the number one, not the, uh, not the, not the word, not O N E, but the number one after one wrestling. Um, what about the WWE or other federations if they could have taken their current wrestlers and or sports entertainers, have you, and made an Irish themed pay per view? Uh, I think headlining the WWE one. I only came up with two guys. Uh, one guy and his opponent headlining the main spot, the main event would be this young man that everyone is crazy about, Rick O'Shea. Come on, all right, come on. Don't, I hear you all going, come on, Bill. And his opponent in the other corner, of course, would be from the other side of the world, but still Irish, and his name would be Nock Omora. So, uh, can you get with it? Tweet me and we'll. Even though it'll be after St. Paddy's Day, uh, we can still have some fun with this. Or maybe other ethnic holidays with other wrestling names. Just just something to play with here. So welcome to the After Chat Freewheeling number two. As you know, I have been doing the show forever, the After Chat, with my fabulous friend and co-host, Josh, so says Chernoff, and down here at After's Alley, and Josh has been doing a, uh, a great show on Fight, F-I-T-E, TV. You can find it online, of course, and they're so impressed with what Josh has been doing that he's going to be increasing some of his uh, visibility on Fight TV. You can follow him at So Says Chernoff, and periodically uh, he'll be back here dropping in on Aptor's Alley, and I also want to let you know that he is still committed, no, not to the Madhouse, although he could be in there, he's still committed to uh, being at the Aptor Chat booth at WrestleCon. I, WrestleCon is just, it's coming up just a, a, a few weeks away, I cannot wait to meet and greet fans from all over the world. I mean, the big thrill about WrestleCon to me is that it's not just, even though it's taking place at the, you don't know about it, WrestleCon.com. Go ahead, put me in another window and go to WrestleCon.com. But it's not just fans from the uh, the New York City area, because it's going to be at the uh, the New York Hilton, but fans from all over the world come to WrestleCon. And also, there are wrestling events all over the New York City area. Impact Wrestling is running in Rawway, New Jersey, uh, the Thursday night before uh, WrestleMania, so much going on that you got to check out. Speaking about uh, Impact Wrestling, this past Sunday, I was at a convention that uh, March Madness, run by the great Bud Carson, who used to own Carson's Pro Wrestling World, but he gave it up. He retired, but now he's running uh, running shows at a local firehouse in uh, Allentown. And speaking about Impact Wrestling, I got to meet for the first time uh, uh, Taya Valkyrie. What a sweetheart. Oh, my goodness. I did an interview, a video interview with her, 
which will be available, oh, somewhere in the next few days on uh, OneWrestlingVideo.com. Again, it's the number one, not the word one. Um, a lot of people have, to, I'm, I'm going to have to get uh, and see if one is available, O-N-E as well. i got to look that up and see if we can get a hold of that. So that way, if you put in one, it'll become one, or if you put in one, it'll become one. Uh, you got that? That's as bad as my original joking around. But uh, I did find out something very important about this beautiful young Canadian lady wrestler, that she shares the same birthday as me and my dear friend Bob Ryder and the late, great Pedro Morales, October 22nd. And I never got to tell her, because when I looked at her Wikipedia page when I got home, that is when... I found that out. So I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing her at Impact Wrestling. So we uh, we heard, and we're not going through a, a whole bunch of headlines. I've got a lot to talk about. And a lot of your questions, I, you sent some great questions in that I want to get to early in the show this time. I don't want anyone saying that, oh, we have to listen to the whole thing. What was that? Wait a minute. Was that a little bit of Terry Funk coming out? So let me, of course, since I do thousands of wrestling imitations, uh, let me uh, do that differently. So I don't want anyone like a Terry Funk sitting in their house going, oh, we've got to listen to this entire thing to hear our question answered, Bill Apter. Well, that sucks. Not bad, huh? If you send me requests for other imitations, I do my Dusty every week. You know that. If you will see this in the new app to Chad Baby. Boogie down Broadway, New York City to WrestleCon. So, as you know, AEW, All Elite Wrestling, is owned by the people that uh, run the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. And this week, this week they made news because they've gotten uh, uh, the great... Nick Foles, who was a star here in uh, Philadelphia, star Philly Eagle, they have now, they've got him. They've got him. So they now have uh, All Elite Wrestling in their, uh, uh, under their umbrella, and now uh, Nick Foles. So I wonder, you know, you've got to wonder, is there going to be any uh, uh, celebrity involvement here? I mean, I know that All In was not, a complete AEW show, but now that uh, that the cons have the Jaguars have Nick Foles locked up, not locked up, but they if they have him uh, uh, under their umbrella, there uh, it would be pretty natural for him to make some appearances for AEW. Maybe now I don't know. You know, a lot of football players started out in pro wrestling. My favorite, well, not my favorite, but some of the best ones that I remember were uh, the big cat Ernie Ladd, uh, Wahoo McDaniel, yeah, another one. So maybe in the off season, maybe in the off season, or, or at least just to show up and sign autographs and support these guys. Although it seems like Cody and the Bucks and Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega, they don't need the support of any uh, outside celebrities. Now, have you noticed, when we're talking about outside celebrities, in all the early years of the WrestleManias, there were always outside celebrity involvement. Always outside celebrities. I, this year, of course, 
the, the two guys from Saturday Night Live have got to be involved. But I'm wondering if uh, AEW is going to go and uh, do this same thing and have a, a celebrity like a, a Nick Foles from football uh, coming out and uh, showing his face to support their shows. But now you see the WWE people, they didn't just have the celebrities support their shows. They were made into parts of storylines and angles. So uh, I would like to see Nick Foles out there waving, waving. Don't let him get hurt for all the uh, zillions of uh, dollars that they're probably paying him at all. So, uh, okay, so as I mentioned, you people, you great fans of mine, and I really, I appreciate your fanship, and a lot of you are personal friends of mine, I appreciate uh, my 20, almost 25,000 uh, um, Twitter followers. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before, I, before I go on with this. What, but you know... I've got to get this out here right now because I was talking about AEW. I've got a buddy by the name of uh, Joe Lowry, and he's got a YouTube show called What a Day. I love it. Love it. Joe's a great guy. He and his uh, lady, we, we call her Baby Cakes. Hope you listen to this, Baby Cakes. He posted something this week that a lot of people have been wondering about AEW. Yeah, about all elite wrestling. And I don't see this happening at this point at all because, again, the Jaguars, the cons are spending a fortune to make this a different organization. But I want to read you what Joe Lowry wrote on his Facebook page. He says, I've been pretty vocal about the WWE programming of late. I've also been keeping an eye on other brands as well. And something is starting to click in my brain. And he says it takes him a lot to do that. <laughs> and has it occurred to anyone, and I know it has, because this is a sidebar, because I've thought of this, that Vince McMahon and All Elite Wrestling may somehow, some way, be connected with the recent and upcoming departures of major WWE superstars and former superstars. It got Joe thinking. Is Vince... And AEW in cahoots. Also, has it occurred to anyone that WWE talent is mentioning indies in their storylines? So, I mean, Triple H recently uh, in the segment between AJ Styles uh, and uh, RKO, they, they even mentioned Dixie Carter. Uh, Joe says he's seeing a pattern with all of this, with social media being the focal point of brand awareness. It wouldn't shock him the least bit if WWE is somehow... Behind closed doors, Joe Lowry talking with AEW. I think if this was a viable situation where both companies could make zillions and zillions of dollars, it would not be out of the question in the future. But I think it's much too early to even even think that that would be an option at this point. I think you, they would have to wait for a boiling point. A point where Chris Jericho and uh, Pac, former Neville, and some other former WWE stars would start really knocking the WWE. And then this could be an invasion angle as hot as the NWO. I mean, could you see, could NWO, WCW, could you see 
one of the main state could you see Finn Balor just showing up one night on All Elite Wrestling? I'm here and there are more coming. Or the other way around. The other way around, Cody and the Bucks and Omega buying tickets front row ringside. You know how hard that is to get. They gotta know somebody. Front row ringside at uh at a WWE pay per view. So Joe, you may have a point down the line. Right now, right now, um, I just, it, it's too early, much too early at this point to do that. Come on, after get with the fan questions, they took their time. Just wait a minute, Bunker. I, I was thinking about what a great interview you always were. And somewhere down the, uh, down the road, I've got some classic interviews I'm going to run with Terry Funk right here on, exclusively on the After Chat. But... I want to talk about magnificence in interviews because when I was growing up, the interview was not standing in the ring for 15 or 20 minutes in a a whole situation. The broadcaster, like uh, this guy Ray Morgan or uh, 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 Lonnie Starr, Bill Cardell, Gordon Soley, they would stand down at uh, uh, Jim Ross, they would stand down at ringside and hold the microphone and interview two wrestlers. Then they'd get into the ring and wrestle, or the match would come out later. But uh, as you know, in recent years, these interviews called promos go on forever and ever and ever, and you're wondering what's going on. Are they spending more time on interviews? This, the reason I'm bringing this in and, or bringing this up is because the art of getting the crowd to really buy into what you're doing and be so believable. It's almost gone. Until this past week. In my opinion. When Shane McMahon came out. To discuss on Smackdown to the fans. Who already were spewing hatred his way. Booing the hell out of him. And well deserved. Which showed what he did. As they say in the wrestling business. Got over. But the promo that he did in the ring, the interview that he did in the ring was not overly long. His facial expressions were incredible. And when he got out of the ring, the fans hated him even more. That is the art of the interview. And later on in the night, later on in the night, his father, Vincent K. McMahon, unquestionably, off the entire WWE universe by screwing up Kofi Kingston again. What is with that? Well, I don't know. Uh, you know, eventually, at the end of this thing, it's got to wind up with Kofi at, uh, at WrestleMania against Daniel Bryan. But if you just watch that Shane McMahon promo again, and even the Vince McMahon one, to see how they turned the fans' emotions inside out, that is the art of the promo and the art of the interview. And I, I think uh, I want to see more of those type of interviews. And again, not overly long. The Vince McMahon one, granted, with Long Day, with a New Day was pretty long. But the Shane McMahon one just hit it right on the nose. All right. So right now I am going to go to your letters. There was, when I was growing up, I always loved to say when I was growing up, there was always, there was a singer. His name was Perry Como. He was a crooner. And uh, he had a section where fans would send him letters to sing a certain song. And before he did this, there would be a group of uh, 
choral girls in the background going, letters, we get letters, we get stacks and stacks of letters. So this is emails. I get emails. I do. Okay. So we got a lot of uh, emails here um, that I'm going to read. And the first one, the first one, and oh, darn it. I Somehow his name is cut off the... Uh, uh, the Microsoft Word document, so you know who you are. Uh, which world title changed during your years of working uh, with your boss, Mr. Weston, surprised you the most? Wow, that's a great question. I think the biggest title change surprising me the most was the first time that Bruno Sammartino lost the WWWF championship to Ivan Koloff at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. I mean, that that was uh, uh, that surprised me the most. Although I kind of knew it was going to happen by my book, Is Wrestling Fixed? I didn't know it was broken. It's documented how I found out there. But it was still a surprise because I really didn't think they were going to do it. I never thought... Bruno would lose, and if he was going to lose, I didn't think he was going to lose at Madison Square Garden. All right, so I hope that answers that. Seth T. Thank you, Seth T., for uh, writing in. And again, you can write in your questions to at After One Wrestling on Twitter. When looking back at previous Road to WrestleMania buildups, particularly regarding the reality era, hmm, what year was your favorite, or even just build-ups in terms of storylines and talent over the past 34 years. I'm going to tell you one, okay? And uh, I, I can't remember the, the year of this thing. You can Google it while I'm talking about this. It's got to be Hollywood Hulk Hogan and The Rock. I hadn't felt goosebumps like that. I mean, the, it was just amazing, and the build-up was so perfect that when Hogan came out, Hogan came out. I thought the fans were going to boo the hell out of him. And instead, they, they turned against The Rock. The whole match changed in the, in the middle of the ring because of that. But it was Hogan and The Rock that was that, that um, magic buildup to me that comes to my mind first. I'm sure there's lots of others, and I'll try and think of more during the next couple of weeks. Uh, Brett Schwan. I know Brett Schwan. Brett Schwan says, is it true that I can't smile without you? I can't laugh and I can't sing. I'm finding it hard to do anything. Brett is a dear friend and not just a wrestling fan, but he's a he's a big enthusiast and follower of the Broadway show uh, genre, Broadway show market. And uh, I every time I go to either a karaoke place or when I was at uh, StarCast last year doing karaoke, I always, like Pat Patterson always does my way, I'm known for the Barry Manilow Can't Smile Without You song. So if you come to StarCast this year and I'm at karaoke, uh, I'm going to uh, work the crowd again and do that song. If you go to the afterchat.com uh, and you look at the videos, my working the audience of uh, that Barry Manilow song is there. And yes, Brett, I cannot uh, smile without you. I'm looking forward to seeing you at uh, WrestleCon, yes, and uh, WrestleCon. Uh, this was not a question. Uh, Anthony Legato sent me a tweet asking me 
is this you, Bill? And there was a video called Hey Patty, P-A-T-T-Y. Back in 1976, I was recruited by a record producer to do a voice, the original voice of Maxwell Smart, Don Adams. It sounded just like this for a parody record on the uh, kidnapping of uh, Patty Hearst. So if you go to YouTube and you put in uh, Bill Apter, Patty Hearst comedy record, you probably can hear it. I haven't heard it in 25 years, but uh, Anthony uh, Alog, Legato, thank you for bringing it to my attention. Jordan, the IWC mail-in fantasy wrestling promotional ads in the magazines. Did I ever try it? Do you know what fantasy wrestling feds are? I do know what they are. Or was it just a paid ad uh, you paid no attention to? I didn't really pay attention to the ads because I was editorial and photo. So the ads helped support the magazine, and I saw the ad, but uh, I never played that game. So, no, I didn't focus in on there. Uh, did you? Were you an ICW uh, uh, mail-in fantasy uh, promotional guy? So let me know if, how you liked it, how you didn't like it, or whatever, and I'll send... Stu Sachs is still the uh, editor of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and... He, of course, used to be with us with the wrestler and inside wrestling and all the other uh, titles we had. So I'll send it to him and we'll get his opinion. Mr. Ulala, one of my friends, and he's a wrestler, yes. Can you imagine when he was born and his parents said, What are we going to call him? How about U? Ulala. Yeah. Uh, which decade had the biggest impact? on your career. And as always, thank you for your continued support. You're welcome for my support, and thank you for your support. The biggest impact on my career, well, pre-career, of course, was growing up in New York with all those uh, great wrestlers, Antonino Rocca, Bruno Sammartino, Argentina Apollo, the Kangaroos, Lewin and Curtis. But the biggest impact on my career was the both the Georgia Championship Wrestling and the Jim Crockett promotions era, because in terms of impact on my career, they were the first people to put me on television. So people got to see me, not just read me, they got to see me as well. So when I went to shows, fans started recognizing me as being, and wrestlers did and promoters did, as being uh, the ambassador, the face to the wrestling magazine. So yeah, biggest impact was was that era of Georgia Championship Wrestling and uh, Jim Crockett promotions. Man, I miss those. And I'm going to say something about Georgia Championship Wrestling. People all talk about how they despised Ole Anderson. I loved Ole. You got you had to know how to get along with Ole Anderson. You had to, He was sarcastic, and you had to hit him back with sarcasm, and he loved it. He really did. But he was the first guy to put Craig Peters and I on a pro, let us do a Pro Wrestling Illustrated press conference. So I will never speak badly about Ole Anderson, and no one else should either. Um, oh, my buddy from Chair Shots to the Cranium. Uh, great video, audio video <laughs> that uh, we run on OneWrestling.com. Uh, he and his daughter Addison are so terrific with their opinions, with their interviews, with their rankings. Anyway, his question to me is if you had the chance to go ringside for any wrestling company and take pictures again, what current superstars would you love to photograph? Well, you know, it, it's it's a stock answer 
But if they said one night you can shoot pictures anywhere again, it'd be WWE. I mean, that's, uh, yeah. They were always part of my family. I'm part of, uh, they always said I'm part of their family. But that's that's where I've been most of my life has been uh, uh, in that area, the WWF, WWE. The WWWF, WWE, yeah, so I, I, w- I would love to be able to, if I could do it, and I think I could, uh, go back with a film camera and shoot a WrestleMania. All right, E.E. E. Walker, E.E., who is someone you would love to work with currently on the main roster in WWE? I want to be face-to-face doing a promo with Paul Heyman. I would love to work in some capacity, in the ring with Paul Heyman. If it's backstage, hmm, I have to be in creative. I have ideas I think I could uh, help with in creative. So, yeah, that's uh, those are the answers. Chris Bridges. Hey, Chris, what were the best wrestling and boxing matches I ever saw live? The uh, boxing matches were uh, all uh, Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, uh, Muhammad Ali, oh, Chuck Wepner when I saw that fight. Uh, Larry Holmes, very sad match against uh, against Muhammad Ali. Wrestling matches, I always say Br- the Jack Briscoe, Dory Funk Jr. matches, the Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat series. I mean, th- those are the ones that come to the top. So there is, uh, there it is, your questions. And there were some questions sent in that I could not use. So uh, maybe on the next one. So please keep them coming. Uh, at after one wrestling again it's the number one not the word run one and any questions are fine or uh, hit me up on uh, facebook or you can email me at be after at one wrestling.com okay this is bill after and we're speaking here with dick murdoch dick first thing off uh you and dusty rose have had uh many years of uh companionship as a tag team and very tight friends recently there was uh I believe some animosity between the two of you because of uh, some matchmaking situations, and the two of you now, again recently, have teamed up again. Are things pretty well settled, really, between you and Dusty Rhodes? Well, for six years, Dusty Rhodes and myself, we tag team together, wrestled together, lived together, ate together, traveled together, visited three or four different countries together, and then, like you say, all of a sudden, uh, the matchmakers, we had a little falling out, and the matchmakers thought it'd be big money to book us against each other, but... Dusty and I feel that uh, our blood was a little closer together than what people thought, and we got back together, and our feelings are mutual. Both of us know that we're the, probably the greatest tag team ever in professional wrestling, and we know whenever we're together, there's nothing there but money, and we are back together for good, and, and you know, and any time the promoters want us together, we'll definitely be there. Okay, Dick, let's talk about your feud now with Jim Dillon. This thing's been going on for ages, and still no one seems in sight. Jim Dillon has put a bounty on your head. Nobody has collected on that bounty yet. What do, what do you think the final outcome of this whole thing is going to be? When are you two guys going to kill each other? Well, you know, it started back home in Texas. I consider it the greatest place in the world. And, you know, I do a little rodeoing around there, and I've got a ranch, and uh, a bunch of my friends, you know, we're close together with all them cowboys and stuff. And I consider even people that's not in Texas, not a cowboy, they've got that heritage behind them. It makes them a cowboy. And Dylan come in there and insulting everybody, and... I just figured, me being a professional wrestler, and he had insulted my people, that it was time that I stood up for him, you know, and 
I consider I whooped old Dylan pretty good. And like you say, he went out and put a $10,000 bounty on my head. People like uh, King Courtesy, a.k.a. Ernie Ladd. Ernie Ladd, uh, Blackjack Mulligan. People like that coming all the way into Amarillo, Texas to collect it. And fortunately, I was uh, capable enough and had enough experience behind me to defeat him. And as a matter of what happened then, I wrestled Dylan, and he left the state of Texas. And he so I've been in and out of Florida now for five years, and I come down here and he's here. I guess it'll continue here. I don't know, but I'm just looking forward to getting him in there. Okay, now, your feelings toward this, Dick, for many years the fans literally despise you. Dirty Dick Murdoch, uh, you put on a mask, Bruno San Martino unmasked you as the invader, and the fans even took more of a hating to you. Recently, within the past few months, and even before that probably, fans have changed their attitude toward you. You've changed your attitude uh, in terms of matchmaking situations. Okay, Dick, you seem to have, uh, let's say, changed your style within the last uh, few months. The fans at one time uh, couldn't stand Dick Murdoch. He was known as a feared rule breaker. And recently the fans have been behind you. Your tactics uh, really haven't changed, as, as you stated in previous interviews and everything. But uh, why the change in the matchmaking? Well, you know, like you say, I come down here in Florida. I've been in and out here five or six years. The people down here, they didn't like me, and I definitely didn't have any love for these people here. But... Was this because of your reputation that they didn't like you immediately? Well, that's true. You know, we, Dusty and I come in here together as a tag team, and, and we, they started hating us. I busted Louis Tillette's leg in a match, right. and we left. And Dusty come back in here by himself, and, uh, well, they started liking Dusty. And I come in here uh, three or four months ago, wrestled Dusty in single matches, and we busted each other's heads open. We had stitches. And then all of a sudden, Dusty run into a little encounter where he needed some help. When I was down in Texas, and he called me up and asked me if I'd come in here and be his tag team partner and all feelings, you know, we'd get back together. I said, yeah, I just want your word that you won't double-cross me, and I won't double-cross you. And he said, all right. So we got together, and that is the extent of these people starting to cheer for me. They hadn't, I hadn't changed my style or anything. And then I guess the promoters seen that they could make more money if I was to wrestle Roop or Harley Race or, you know, anybody like that, you know, so that's where I'm at. Okay, well, Dusty Rhodes now has gone into the... Uh Dusty Rhodes is, uh, has gone into uh, Minneapolis and uh, is teaming up with Billy Graham, another guy who, again, the fans have taken a liking to. Is this a sign that uh, Rhodes and you will not be a permanent team? Again? No, no, it's definitely not. I was talking to Wally Carbo uh, Monday night in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he definitely wants me back up in Minneapolis and, and Winnipeg and a big town. So the Outlaws will probably get back oh, We'll definitely ride again. There's no doubt about that. We'll definitely ride again. Okay, Bill After with Dick Murdoch. So you probably figured out by now that that was not an in-studio interview. That was taped, oh, way, way back when uh, Dusty Rhodes and Dick Murdoch were uh, were the original outlaws, and then they split up for a while, and then they got together. They were probably one of the most vicious teams that I had ever seen. When I first saw them in the AWA, I couldn't believe how vicious they were. And uh, there were also jokesters outside the ring. But Dick Murdoch was such a tremendous talent. He was such a, a good guy. He was such a, a, a proud Texan. He's the first uh, Texan that I ever heard from. I ever heard the word Waxahaxie, Waxahaxie, uh, um, Texas. In so, uh, yeah, in the coming weeks, there will be a lot more, a lot more, audio interviews, classic audio interviews. And I'm also going to start bringing back one thing that I did on my video show on YouTube, which will be back as well. And that are various segments of rankings. And my favorite one, of course, was uh, Ryan Bowman from 
the GorillaPosition.com doing his uh, Wrestler of the Week. So, yeah. So, you psyched for WrestleMania week? I certainly am. And people are asking me, where am I going to be WrestleMania week? Where can I come see you? And where can we go do things together? So, I will be at WrestleCon on all day that Friday. All day. That Friday night, I'm not doing anything wrestling-oriented. I'm not going to NXT. Um, Mac Davis, who is a dear friend of mine, a wrestler, a movie producer, a, he's a star. Uh, he and I are going to go out and have some pizza for dinner, maybe, and some karaoke in Manhattan. And this will be done around 7.30, 8 o'clock. So if you're around and you want to go, just shoot me a, uh, a message on at After One Wrestling on Twitter and uh, we'll make plans to have you with the group. All day Saturday, I will be again at WrestleCon, along with uh, Josh Chernoff. Saturday night, I'm doing the unusual, doing the unusual. First non-WWE branded show in, I can't even remember the time other than uh, in, in the felt form, the small part of it. I will be going to the Ring of Honor New Japan Pro Wrestling Show. And this is going to be very unusual to go into Madison Square Garden and have something different than the WWE in there. A lot of people said this couldn't be done. How are these guys going to get in there? Are they going to be able to draw in there? And yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, they sold out, oh, I think it was something uh, under under 30 minutes. I believe that uh, so that that building's going to be packed to capacity. So I'm looking forward to seeing you there. I also will probably drop by the uh, WWE Hall of Fame, and boy, I'm really excited that the team, the team of Harlem Heat is going in now. You know, Booker T was inducted already, but uh, the team of Booker T and Stevie Ray were a classic tag team. I'm glad that Tori Wilson is going in there. She's uh, one of my sweethearts, and uh, DX. I mean that that's tremendous. And the fact that they that China is finally going into the WWE Hall of Fame makes it even sweeter. I mean, she was she became such a legendary fake figure. When you talk about opening up the doors for women in a place like professional wrestling. She really, really, really broke the barriers. She really did. So, uh, all right. Well, that's about it for this week for the After Chat. I hope you enjoyed this chapter of After. Again, you can email me at beafter at onewrestling.com or you can follow me on Twitter at After One Wrestling. Next week, we will be back with lots of... Uh, News, your questions at After One Wrestling. Keep them coming. Uh, another classic interview and lots of uh, wrestling news to talk about as it happens right here on the After Chat. And don't forget my book, Is Wrestling Fixed? I didn't know it was broken. So there's nothing left to say except, yep, wait for it. I'll see you at the matches.